Hallelujah. Did you come this morning to believe for the impossible? Well, the impossible standing in front of you, so. Amen. We're a church that believes in the impossible. Stepped out of eternity into time for a while. And one day, we'll step back into eternity. As I was standing over there just a moment ago, I, I just thought about we're a portion of a body of believers around the world. And God is moving all over the world. From New Zealand, the breaking of the day, to the latest of the evening. God has a bride. They won't be out of step. There's nobody that could orchestrate a movement like what he's doing right now. Every political system in the world is in chaos. There's only one hope, and that's in Jesus. Good news for you today. Our hope is in the Lord. Hallelujah. Any good to us. Amen. So good to see each and every one of you. And we love you with all of our hearts. And you'll just turn to your neighbor and say, God bless you. We love you. Brother Ron loves you. Amen. If I don't get to shake every one of your hands, God, God bless you. We love you today. Brother Fred, good to see you in the house of the Lord, buddy. Amen. You be careful. Do what I don't do. You, you pay attention to doctor's orders. So, amen. We so love you with all of our hearts. Amen. Amen. I believe I see Brother Sister Phyllis's brother with us today. God bless you. Good to have you in the house of the Lord. Amen. Each and every one of you, we love you with all of our hearts. We may keep these seats up here if you guys sit that close. So, amen. Amen. Love you. That's, that's, I'm a fan favorite. So, amen. Amen. God bless you. I'd like to thank you again for the cleanup and we are in great preparation we want to be praying for brother Donnie brother Tim and brother Timothy that God would just anoint the word in such a way to touch our lives all the people that will come we want to be just ready sister Connie had a little tea party yesterday and on and on Friday night I sat at the end of the table and she took a picture of that everything was placed just in order she said what you doing I said I'm sitting here studying with you I just wanted to come close to you and so I'm sitting studying it and I'm sitting at the end of the table and I'm just writing some things down and, and, and she's sitting every place everything's just got to be right and I thought of how the Lord He's making, he's making preparations for a table. Anna, he has a special spot for us. And everything's just going to be right. It's just going to be right. 
So go to prayer just before service. Our friend, Brother Kelly Hildebrand, has pneumonia. And he's trying to preach this morning. We pray that God would just touch him. Brother Roger and Sister Ann are in a very difficult time with her and their family. It's all in God's hands, God's timing, God's season. I want to lift them in prayer this morning. Brother Andrew, wow, what a sermon last night. I felt sorry for the guy following him today. And so, and so I want to pray that God would anoint him and Brother Ann, Brother Timothy next week. These meetings are crucial because now we're just right at the end of the end. We're at the end of the end of the end. The Gentile dispensation, all that Gentiles will go on, but God will move from Gentiles to Jews. And so we want to see those get saved before he makes that move. Amen. So let's pray for all of these things today. Maybe of a need you'd like to say, Brother Ron, would you remember me? Father, thank you that you're a God that can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. You would take the time to sit at a well and wait on a woman. You would go to a house to where that This house is a house that, that you're welcome. This building is full of believers that love your message. We believe it. You're welcome here. We feel your presence. Brother Kelly, we ask you that you touch his body today. May you bring him strength. Lord, dry up those nodules. Drop that pneumonia today. Bring him strength today. Ask you to touch his body. He has a very rigorous agenda just in front of him. I pray that you'd give him strength for that, Father. Now, Lord Jesus, you see our needs today. Our hands have went up. God, you specialize in impossibilities. This week, I will sit before some of the best doctors that there is. And they will give me what their thoughts are. God, you're the high physician. Today, today, you're not just a practicing physician, but you're a perfecting one. You're the one that made our bodies so you know how to heal them. Now I ask you today that you would anoint my flesh, my spirit, and my soul like never before. And Lord, may if there's any gift that we have, both as speaker and as hearer, is to get ourselves out of the way. We ask you that the angel of the Lord would just take full control of this building now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you so much. Amen. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. And then Matthew chapter 5 and verse 2.
I'd like to just speak to you today on orchestrated lives for orchestrated place. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. And Jesus is just in a few words is going to teach us about prayer. And after this manner, pray, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We could spend months on that sentence. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So may we reflect our citizenship of another world. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You can be seated. Jesus in this prayer was speaking of two worlds. Citizens of this world and citizens of another world. And he was telling us that he would provide for us our daily bread. We don't know what tomorrow's struggle is, but he does. So he knows how to give us words of eternal life that will give us strength for the coming battles. The debts that he's talking about is not necessarily the finances in your mailbox, but he's talking about sins that, you're, that you have had in your past life, that you have dealt with, the difficulty of your mind battles that you deal with on a daily basis. Not only are you dealing with them, but others are dealing with them as well. Then he tells us that lead us not into temptation. And if you remember, we have angels that are about us, that are watching over us, that we are better protected than the President of the United States of America. Satan would destroy us all if he could, and he would do it in a moment's notice. Sometimes you're thinking about you're having a difficult day, and your day is being destroyed. You would just read the paper. Innocent people are killed in malls and in parking lots on the highway, and you think, well, why didn't it happen to me? Let me just say, at that moment, you need to think that God has angels that are watching over you. Jesus is going to preach, no doubt, one of his first sermons. And you would think that the one that created the worlds, let me just say this to you, the sun that comes up in the morning, our God, created that. Our God created that. The super moon that we saw on Thursday night, our God created that. He created a light for our universe to which that it would burn so hot that it would light the entire universe and it would be so bright till the furthest star would reflect itself. Because the furthest star has no resonance in itself to have light, but it reflects the sun. 
which is even billions of miles away from it. God created that sun. And he created it such that it would never go out. Man can't even create a light bulb can do that. <clears throat> when we think about how that God laid the zodiac out, everyone in its perfect order had the clinker as the prophet stood in the pulpit and began to tell us of, not Darwin's theory, but began to tell us about how that God created the heavens and the earth. That was more than a Kentuckian's idea. And we'll get to some of that. When Enoch writes, when he looks at the heavens and then he builds a pyramid, he does it absolutely into perfection. Even now that we, we don't understand the mystery of how all the lines, that the pyramid is perfect. It is perfect. It lays on the, the very, very center of the earth. Every, every, even every corner is exactly right. Everything is exactly right because God was writing his first Bible. Forty different writers would write your Bible. Every one of them had to lay aside their own personality to write the word of God. Are you with me? Every one of them had to get beside their own personality so that they could show God and write it down, not for a temporary uh, generation, but it's going to be throughout all, throughout all eternity. No time period to it. It's going to be through eternity. Each one would be inspired by the same same author, the God of the Bible, the God that wrote, that rolled the sun into existence, the God that put the pyramid, that God would come to Moses. Now that God is going to stand in humanity. In a, and not necessarily a Hollywood body, a man maybe a less than 150 pounds, a slender man, rugged looking man, not a body to wear that anyone would feel extremely, well, that's a great handsome man. He's not a statesman sort of a man. He's, a, he's, actually, he's actually came in such a veiled body until nobody will pay attention to his body. But that was God. It was God in a manger. It was God being in Egypt for two years. It was God confounding those, those wisest men of the earth. That was God veiled in that humanity. Brother Brown said if he wasn't God, he was the greatest deceiver that the world's ever had. Are you with me now? Let me just touch this just for a moment. The woman that had a blood issue had been to every doctor. But she said, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be well. Because that was God. Jesus' friend Lazarus was in a tomb. 
No other, are you with me now? No other man had been raised in disorder. Nobody had walked to a tomb after corruption had set in. But he was going to prove that I am the resurrection and I am the life. A lot of people say a lot of things, but they can't back it up. Notice what he says. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Remember how Brother Branham, before he preaches the seals, he preaches God hid and revealed in simplicity. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now remember, he's operating in two worlds. He's standing preaching to thousands. And he knows there's some seed there that's going to spend eternity with him. Brother Jim, you send us a picture every morning. Don't you ever quit. One of these days, this earth's going to be so remade. It's so beautiful. It's earth's beauty. He created it in such a way. And Jesus is thinking not only about the natural realm, but he's thinking about that eternal realm. You remember in, in 1 Thessalonians 4, he talks about rapture. But before he talks about rapture, he talks about the conduct of people. In the early part of 1 Thessalonians 4, of the character of people that's going to live there. Because remember, in that realm, there's no sin. <laughs> you deal with it at McDonald's. You deal with it definitely at Walmart. I'm sorry, Charles. <laughs> I don't know how you work there. <laughs> but we're going to a place where there's no sin. Nobody thinks an evil thought. This is not even involved. It's, it's, you know, there's no, there's no, never going to be adultery there. There's never going to be a lie ever told there. There's never going to be a war there. Not a death. There's not going to be a leaf fall off of the tree there. We can't imagine it. But he's going to have a people that have been so orchestrated in their lives that they can live in that kind of a condition. Hallelujah. <clears throat> this is a powerful scripture. Blessed are the peacemakers. for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for, for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted the prophets before you. Now I want you to hone in on this. You're the salt of the earth. You're the preserver. Are you with me? Wherever you are, wherever you're watching this, you are preserving your community. Your prayers of this day, as evil as this day is, your prayers are preserving where you're at. But one day you won't be here. You're the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but is cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but under a candlestick, but it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and not glorify you, but glorify the Father which is in heaven. We are reflecting him. Now, if we can just think about this, there's no way we can comprehend the mind of God in all of his pre-planning. In Brother George Quinn took me by a house and pointed me to a man that had spent 40 years, 40 years studying a cockroach. He spent his entire working life studying a cockroach that you and I do not want in our house. And God said, let there be. From the smallest ant to the biggest animal. Now, let's just go another step, if we can. There was a man with NASA, and they sent, an, they sent an instrument into the heavens, and he had watched that for 40 years, and now he's retiring. He'd watched it every day. The pictures had came back every day of what that instrument was taking pictures of. And God created all of that. And that man, he actually studies those pictures every day. He was just literally studying what God created. Whether it's mountains or the deepest of the sea, God created it. But let me just say, God had you in his mind. And you're the highest of any species. You're a reflection of himself. He created angels to serve and worship him, but he wanted something that would be his mate. He was.
was king and he wanted a queen. Sure, there's a lot of churches, but he wanted a bride. He wanted a wife that he could marry himself to that would reflect his character. Why not churches? Oh, there be redeemed from churches. But you don't want to marry a wife that goes through the Bible, says, I don't want that part, I don't want that part, I don't want that part, I don't believe that part, I don't believe that part. I can't live that part, I ain't going to do that part, I'm not going to do that part, I'm not going to, and he don't want you as a wife. So you see, it wasn't that God turned you down, you turned yourself down. Don't blame God. God don't send no person to hell. He don't send no person through the tribulation period. But your life reflects where you're going. Brother Brandon would scream, get back in step. And he would scream that in that vision, get back in step. Because we as humanity, attitudes, thoughts, even choices that we make, send us down roads. And men are standing in pulpits screaming, stay in line. Stay in line. Don't get mad at ministry. Don't get mad at what God sent us, the dress wear to get you ready. Well, I don't like that preacher. I don't like that man. I don't like this. God sends different ministries. And he builds them a certain way to prepare you. Brother Brown prays a prayer. And he said, may our lives be so submitted to thee that the Holy Spirit will live itself through us and speak through us, Lord. May we remember in our minds as we walk upon the street and rub our arms with the world that we're not supposed to be like those. We step aside and give them the place, Lord, in their rightful position here on earth. We'll take a back seat knowing that we are delegates from another world. We have a kingdom that's coming into power and our great king will soon arrive and take over all the kingdoms that's in his domain and he shall rule and reign with and we shall rule and he shall rule and reign and him on the earth thousand years and be with him forever. So a man has to surrender every ambition that he's got to his will. Everything that he's got. Prophet would speak a sermon called Paul a Prisoner. I think it's a good sermon for you to listen to maybe this week. Paul a Prisoner is one of the most powerful sermons that Brother Brandon preaches. And he's talking about our humanity, our ambitions. He's talking about how that we carry out our lives that we are a prisoner to Jesus Christ. And you say, well, that's a difficult task. Brother Branham, Brother Branham points out that 
Paul called himself that. Being a prisoner to Rome, but he was also a prisoner to Jesus Christ. Jesus was standing in, in John chapter 14 and verse 1. And he says this, and now I'd like to just take this again, two worlds. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, but you believe also in me. In my Father's houses, in my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Now, he could only say this to his inner circle of disciples because they would understand. There were certain things that Brother Branham could only say to believers because believers would understand. But I want to say this to you. We're not too interested in the critic or the unbeliever to start off with. I think so many times that we waste a lot of time trying to convert a, a goat or a devil in sheep's clothing that's not going to spend eternal life with us anyway. Are you with me now? Well, how do you know it? By their fruits. By their fruits, you, you'll know them. That's not being judgmental. It's by their fruits, by their life. I want to read this for purpose. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 1, you hear it here probably every week. Who hath believed our report and to, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Verse 4, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and without with his stripes we are healed. I was having a brain MRI on Wednesday, early Wednesday morning. I had the first appointment. Old people like the first appointment. And so, so anyway, that's for most of us anyway. So, and so, so anyway, I was sitting and it was a new nurse. I hadn't met her before. And she was preparing me for the brain MRI and, and, uh, and she was getting me ready. She was a woman about my age, and, and she had gray, gray hair in the front, and the rest of it was kind of a chestnut brown, and I'd never met her. And she was telling me her life story. Matthew says everybody seems to want to tell me their life story, and so I just sat and listened for a while, and she was going through, I think it's about 50 questions that they give you before you go through, and it's a yes or no, or expand on it a little bit, and and I noticed she paused for a little while as she was reading. And I said, well, what are you reading? She said, I'm reading your report here. And she said, your report here says that you're a very sick man. 
I said, oh, oh, it does? And she said, yeah. She said, but you don't look like your report. So your report might be bad, but you don't look like your report. Timmy, I guess I have to say this to you. The devil may have a whole list of things that he's got against you, but you don't look like that report. Now, Brother Branham is going to speak shalom. I'm not going to get done today, but I'm just going to speak a while. And is this okay if I just kind of take my time? Kind of feels relaxed in here, doesn't it? And so, Brother Branham is going to speak shalom. Now, remember, he's a prophet. As a prophet, he's not a, a normal speaker. He's a prophet, and he'll walk in, be very cordial to the audience. And, and because of people's faith and expectation, people will get healed as he walks to the platform because they've seen so many miracles. Brother Branham has a different way of talking. He's, he's got that, that hillbilly talk, and he's just talking. He makes us all feel comfortable, whether you're from Africa or Zimbabwe or wherever you're from or Ireland or Switzerland. He just had a way of just making us all just relaxed. And he would talk to us about what God thought of us. Talk to us about how God called us from another realm. And, you know, you know, just after the seals and God hid and revealed in simplicity and, and then the seals are released and that's God himself opening the word to the bride and, and it's to the bride and only the bride's going to understand it. And so yeah. night after night, Brother Bram would say, he said, now I don't know what tomorrow night is. And then the next night he would come and say, he met me in the room. The same one that met Moses, that met Enoch that stood there and said, blessed are ye, blessed are the peacemakers. And if you can look past the veil and hear God, because that's the sheet music. If you fall in love with Brother Branham, you miss the picture. If you come on this hill and fall in love with me or Andrew, you miss the picture, because there's a mightier one that is here. Brother Brown will say, I can't see past 1977. But many of you were born after 1977. So God knew that there's going to be people that were in darkness that would have great light. And ye are the light of the world. So, Brother Brown will come and speak a sermon on Shalom. And in Shalom, he will... Talk about how dark and how gross dark it is. And then he will begin to talk about a symphony. Peter and the wolf. And he'll talk about the symphony, how that everything has its place and has its timing. And even, even that little, 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 little bell, everything is just exactly right on time. And he said, now it'll sound like a bunch of racket to you if you don't understand the music. Well, you're not going to hear this in, in the nominal churches. And so Brother Branham is, is beginning to take us all the way 
And he begins to show us, begins to show us how that God has been all the way down through the end, through since the beginning, as a symphony, playing out the music. And he has certain characters to play certain parts. And, he, and, he, and, he, and then he comes down, now it's your turn, now it's your place. He said to the world, they're not interested in it. It sounds like a bunch of racket to them. But if I can paraphrase, the bride is interested. Are you with me? So, Sister Cassie, you'll like this. So, Friday night I spent, I spent about two hours listening to Beethoven. Ten minutes with Chopin. So, a little bit with Bach. But I'm interested in that kind of music because everything is just right. Listen, they're just not having just anybody come to play. Best of best. So I Googled, you can Google. I Googled what made Beethoven so special. And it was in his thoughts that my music is not just for a generation, but it's for eternity. He said, I'm not just playing to please people here, but I want my music for eternity. I thought about God. Moses writes, Jeremiah writes, Ezekiel writes, Nahum writes, Obadiah writes. Paul writes your New Testament. Everyone just in its right place. If it was not for history, you would have a hard time figuring out Paul's in prison and in chains and locked up. And what a difficult, because he's playing the music in such a way, it's not Paul playing, it's God through Paul playing. Brother Brandon would take the pulpit. For us, we know. But he'd take the pulpit in many places in the world. And he didn't tell them with some pity party. He didn't, he didn't tell them I was from a bootlegger's son. I'm here to represent Jesus Christ. And he came with a, a representation that I'm here to reflect him. I think we make a very big mistake if we're not here to reflect Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, Beethoven came to a spot, actually, actually what my understanding is, and I can be corrected later, but my understanding that his greatest masterpieces came after he became deaf. And he became an isolationist. And in his isolationist, he became very agitated in crowds. And he, he didn't like to be around people. And that made him moody and made him hateful. And yet he was doing his best work. 
Are you with me? I'm going to preach now. The devil does not know what he's doing when he gives a man cancer. I want to lay some things here for us just for a moment because we're here. We're living it. This ain't a fiction book. We're living this thing. So the devil can't touch a hair of our head until he gets permission from God. So he goes and gets permission from God. You got a preacher down there that's giving me a whole lot of trouble and I'd like to tempt his life. I'd like to touch his flesh for a while. And God said, go ahead. He's gonna be more powerful. He's gonna be stronger. I'm gonna trust him like never before. He's gonna shake your kingdom up. So Beethoven cuts the legs off of the, off of the piano and places the piano on the wooden floor. And so now he can't hear the music, but the vibrations will be in his ear. And so he writes his masterpiece work. Here's something I didn't know. He would go to the back of the concert hall and put his ear on the floor and listen to when the director would play his music And listen, nobody in the building knew that the real guy was in the building, but he was back there making sure they did it right. In another realm, in another realm, there's a God that's watching over the, the participants of this orchestra, watching. They dress right, they walk right, they talk right, their character's right, they're filled with the Spirit of God. They're playing the music. <laughs> Brother Brown would explain to us that when they mold the bell, They'll put certain, certain chemicals or certain, I'm looking for the word, certain ores, but there's a, a certain composites. They'll put it together to have a certain sound. It is said that there's no bird has the same sound. That's incredible. No cricket has the same sound. Every one of them is just a touch off of the other. Brother Shannon, it is said that your life's companion, when you are so upset in life, your life's companion, her giggle, calms you. Think about how God built us. Dandelion. Sunflower seeds. 
beautiful forest that we've got here. God built it for you. Now there's millions and billions because of the, the nature and the fall of man. But through all that, God's got a seed. God's got a seed. And it's not that you could gather yourself to it. Predestination? We love this church. We love what's going on here. But somewhere or another, this lady sitting over here in pink. There was a boy chased her around the building and kissed her. And she fell in love with that boy. Knowing his reputation. But she couldn't see the powerhouse that was laying on the inside of him. Sister Nancy in the eternities, you'll sit with queens. You'll sit with queens. Sister Branham will be just down the road. Wasn't just some little frilly girl. God was watching over. He was orchestrating. You had to live here because two seeds had to come together. Come on, church. Listen, it wasn't you found your way in. God got a hold of you. Maybe you didn't understand it. Maybe actually you was against it for quite a while. And one day the light came on. The light come on and you saw yourself and before long you're playing the music. There may have been moments that you struggle with certain parts of it. Maybe you didn't understand hair. Maybe you didn't understand baptism. Maybe you didn't understand God sent a prophet. Maybe you didn't understand where you were in the scriptures and then you just kept looking at it and maybe even fighting it. God don't get weary with you. He don't get weary with you. He doesn't get weary. He gives you all the time in the world. Because he knows. They'll be there. Here's a prayer that I pray. I'm going to let you in on a prayer that I pray. I'm to be at Brother Kelly Hildebrandt's at the end of September. I'm to be at Brother Tim Pruitt's in October. And then I'm going to be done. Done till maybe Easter. And so, here's my prayer. God, you know that I need to be at a certain spot. These men have felt unction to have me there. Now, regardless of my circumstances, you need to have me ready. <laughs> there's things that are way out of my control. Am I preaching to you now? 
Come on. Lord, you know. You know way beyond my humanity. God said, you're going to have a boy. His name's going to be Joseph. And daughters are born. And critics come. Brother Brown couldn't orchestrate that. God would give him a vision. You just got to wait on it. He just, he, just, he just kept waiting on it. Are you with me? God gives you a vision. You can't do anything about it. He tells you you're going to be well. You just walk in the faith. You just walk. I'm just walking and one day doctors will tell me you don't have cancer no more. <laughs> now, let me just say this to you and I'm going to just drop a few things here. You have to put yourself in a position to be blessed. You have to move in a position to be blessed. <clears throat> now, sometimes you might want to play the trombone, but your gift is the flute. <laughs> You're grinning at that. You might want to be the preacher when your gift is the usher. Every one of us has got a place. I'll tell you when you become comfortable is when you come to your place. I watch young people as they're growing up. Here sits Sarah. Sarah, would you just stand real quick for me? Sarah was, had quit school. She was working in a, in a, in a job selling uh, clothes. And things were happening. I met her outside of church. And I said, Sarah, you need to go back to school. She cried. She cries easy. Don't you hurt her. Whatever you do, don't you hurt her. And she cried. And I said, you got to go back to school. It's not easy going back to school. Been out of school for a while. Got to pay for school. School ain't cheap. Preacher tells you, you got to go to school. She's going to affect hundreds and hundreds of people. And people, were, if time lasts, people are going to look back. There was a godly teacher that loved and cared. People of broken homes, people that had devastated lives. And there was one person. One person in God's orchestra that was standing and playing. Davey, could you stand? Davy had two children that was getting ready to come. Doctor said it was impossible. A wreck said it was impossible. His wife's doctor said it was impossible. But the vision said you're going to have children. Davy, as a young man, was standing on the porch. And he told me, he said, Brother Ron, I'm, he said, I'm working beside of people that's making double, sometimes even triple what I'm making. He said, but, but you know, should I take that job? Should I go to job, work with them? I'm doing the same thing they're doing. They're making double, even triple what I'm, what I'm making. And he said, could you pray about it? And I did. I'm not your Holy Ghost, but I pray. You ask me to pray, I pray. 
I legitimately pray. And so I prayed. The next weekend, I told him something that was just crazy. Don't take it. Now, that sounds for the natural carnal man. Says, I'm doing the same thing they're doing, and they're making double, triple what I'm doing. I'm putting it in the same time. They're getting triple money, what I'm doing. They moved them to Mexico within the next week or so, and Davy would have had to gone to Mexico. But he needed to be here to marry my daughter. He had two children that had to come. Brother Jordan and Sister Kirsten, we baptized them in old order clothes. How'd they got here, I'll never figure out. But God that is rich in mercy. but I don't see the results. Look right here. Don't look at the short term of your life. Don't look at the short term of your life. Decades later, look back. Maybe you can't see the will of God under your feet, but decades later, look back and say, God moved me there. God placed me there. God put me under that word. None of us want to put a fish, if we're drawing, put a fish in a tree. That's not its rightful place. None of us want to reflect Hollywood and its nonsense. Or even this music generation and its nonsense. Or even some feeble man. We want to reflect Christ. That's the reason it tells us to eat the book. I have the life of Jesus Christ. You hear us worship here. Now listen, don't get offended at us. We may be the noisy part of heaven, but we're in the orchestra. Not everybody's gonna play the, tri the triangle or do a brush. Some of us are going to be noisy. You're going to need some warriors for the fight. You're going to need some worship leaders. Now, let, let me just say this to you. Sometimes you don't understand people. Some of you as a child watched Andrew and Matthew grow up, never in your mind saw them as leaders here in this church. They didn't get that because of me or even Brother Homer. I'm pretty protective of this pulpit. But God anointed them to be worship leaders, to lead you in worship, to prepare you for the coming word, to get you in an atmosphere, to bring you from from difficulties at home, difficulties on your job, difficulties in your life, and to bring you into an atmosphere where you can feed on the Word. 
to get your mind off of all of those things. Now, no doubt, no doubt, as in many other places, Brother Timothy Pruitt, which is a worship warrior, I was there in the days when people became, became jealous of Timothy. Didn't want him to be the song leader. Mad, left the church. Didn't want him singing certain songs that were rejoice songs. And, you know, they, they got all upset. But you were, it wasn't man appointed. God could care less about humanity's feelings. I'm gonna preach, I'm not done. He's, he could care less about your feelings and your opinions and your thoughts on an issue. He has raised up a man for a purpose and that man will carry out that purpose as a prisoner to Jesus Christ. He will play the music. He will be the part. He will reflect Jesus Christ. Tim could not, Brother Tim could not make Timothy a worship warrior. He could not make him a convention speaker like he is today. God did that. As I watched Andrew after he preached last night, no doubt our minds go back to Brother Homer. But Brother Homer, he could not make Andrew do that. Listen, if we had that ability, you would make your children serve God, be on fire for God, sit right here. But God that's rich in mercy, it'll take the same experience for them that it did for you. And God's faithful enough to go meet them. He'll take you from the back seat to the front seat. He'll set you on fire. without raising your hands. How many has ever watched the Ten Commandments? Thank you. A man named Charleston Heston played the part. Charleston Heston, those that know him in his real life, was, was a man that was an NRA advocate, said a lot of things about the NRA. And... But he studied the life of Moses, the character of Moses, the ways of Moses, the history of Moses, until when he stepped into the part, he actually had to go into an institution to step out of the part. Think about that. Because he actually came to a spot to where he thought he was Moses. That's what happens in religion. And if you can do that without a new birth, to where people think they're a Christian, but really don't have the life, you just need the new birth. 
because the new birth, what will it do? Let me just let me just stop you just for a moment. Christ comes himself inside of you. It'll cause emotions. It'll cause tongue speaking. It'll cause visions. It'll cause being able to cast out devils. But it'll take sin out of your life. It'll take filthy habits out of your life. It'll cleanse you. It'll change your habits. It'll change your friendships. You want to make nothing. Christ wants to come and live on the inside of you. So you become a star that reflects him. Brother Gene, I would say where you work at, you haven't been there long. But I would say already people recognize you as a Christian. Isn't that true? And you don't have to say a word. It's what you don't do that says light. Sometimes people say, well, I want to be a chatterbox and be a Christian. I want to be a witness testimony. Just be quiet. Just be real quiet. Just, yeah, sure, there's times to talk. There's times to just be still. I want you to understand Jesus says some powerful things. But in his quietness and his silence, he's more powerful. He could have called 10,000 angels to come and set him free. Just one would have did it. Now, I'm not going to get done, so let me just come to this point. Brother Bram's laying with his hands behind his head, and he says, he's, he's actually laying there thinking about, you know, to me, what he's done at that point is phenomenal. It's to, enough to write a library is full of what the accomplishments that God's had in his life. And he's saying, I've done nothing for Christ. I haven't did anything. It's kind of how you feel. You heard Andrew say last night, he said, sometimes you feel like a Christian, sometimes you don't. That's a direct quote from Brother Branham. He said, there's days I feel like a Christian, there's days I don't. So don't you feel like you're some odd bird? Because you've got an enemy fighting you. And you're still dealing with your humanity. And in just a moment, the angel asked him, would you like to look beyond the curtain of time? I'm still on my subject. And just, he looked back at his body. There was his body laying there. Then when he gets there, Brother Greg, he looks down at his hands, and his hands are young. And he comes to a point to where he rubs his hair, and he's, he's got hair. That's nice. He's got hair. Maybe should have painted that. He's got hair. Brother Branham, he begins to meet people. In that dimension, he feels perfect love. He didn't feel that laying on a bed. But in that dimension, he feels perfect love. And there's women that comes up and hugs him, and he doesn't feel. Because in that dimension, that's not there. And the angel asked him, he said, do you, do you recognize that lady, that sister? He said, you led her to Christ past 95, and she was a young woman. You know, we look at death much different than God looks at death. We sorrow, we cry, we agonize, but if we could look in that eternal realm, my mom, my father, stepped beyond the realm of time, Brother Homer stepped beyond the realm of time and stepped into a well body. 
Now they long to come back to this realm to see us. And then we'll go to see the Lord. And Brother Brandon was asked, he asked, are these my, are these, are these my family? Are these my, these are my converts? He said, you're converts. And he said, will I, will I be accepted? And he said, I preach what Paul preached. I preach what Peter preached. And he said, and all of us begin to scream. We're resting on that. So the sheet music, we don't need to change. It's not about, you know, we come over to a certain part. Well, I don't want to play that part, so I'll just skip it. No, you may have to wrestle with it a while. Can I give you one more instance? Brother Donnie is sitting in the back, and I said, it's been months ago. And I said, Brother Donnie, me and you go sing together tonight. Brother Donnie walks up and he's standing here beside here and he don't know what I'm going to do. And we're going to sing together. He don't know. And I just started talking. I talked about Brother Donnie. You know, the world would like to have Brother Donnie's gift. And they'd like to pay him to be a professional musician. That week, somebody had made him an offer. I didn't know that, but there was one standing that was the director of all of this orchestra that knows all about you. Dollywood makes him an offer to play in Dollywood. Now, you know, to the natural humanity, you know, I don't get that offer. Ron, will you come and sing? What Andrews got didn't come from me. <laughs> it didn't come from me. It obviously came from another side. It didn't come from me. It, sorry, Dad, it didn't come from you. He could never keep time. They were playing in one chord. He was singing in another. He was way off time. Get with me, he would say. Get with me, get with me. So that didn't come from dad. He's a worship leader on steroids. It's all right. It's all right. Brother Donnie plays for the bride of Jesus Christ. And one day when we're standing there in that great orchestra, I won't break it. Well, I break a lot of things, don't I? <laughs> and there he stands, a young man. It'll be worth it after all. It'll be worth it after all. Don't you love him? What about your part? What about your place? If you can look back just for a moment, and this is what I want to do with you. 
Brother Jim, if you can look back in your life and you've, you've done some work for me, your life is astonishing to me how God got you here. I mean, for those that haven't had a moment with him, how God had got him here is a phenomenal deal. But he's here. If you can look back in your life and in the moment that you're thinking, God hadn't done nothing for me. <laughs> Crystal, is that true? God just goes, okay, look back. I want to show you what I brought you from to what you are now. Is that true? Is that true? Is that true? Well, Brother Ron, I was a mess. Yeah, we all was. I was in real bad trouble. We all was. But he knows how to pick us up. He knows how to pick us up. He loves lawyers. He loves lawyers. He, he, he'd give us two. I hope I never need your services, but I love you. Don't you love him with all your hearts? Here's what I want to come to. Brother Bram said, as we're marching in, angels will stand and watch because they can't sing Amazing Grace. Because they've never known what it's like to be lost. But the, the, the anthem of heaven will be Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Thank you for your attention this morning. God bless you. Let's stand to our feet. love you with all my heart. Love you. Yeah, that bass looks so good. Keep holding that thing. Don't you worry, little children, should death knock on your door, don't you know that death is a doorway, and it leads to the heavenly shore, over there, there's no heartache, no sorrow, grief, nor pain, just perfect love, peace and joy beyond compare. I'm going to take step towards my theosophy. One day I'm going to take another step into my theosophy. One day I know the final step is going to set me free. Hey.
how he saved me. Hallelujah. With the Holy Ghost, how he healed me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord, oh, what a wonderful day it was! Hallelujah. On solid ground, it makes me. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, you're worthy. Yes, you are, Lord. And all the praise, it makes me want to shout. orchestrated plan. Amen. At this time, we'd like to dismiss the viewing audience. God bless you. May God richly bless you as you go in the name of the Lord. This time, we're going to